What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Cousin Cecil Show. I am your host, Cousin Cecil, a.k.a. Mike Fowler. How are you doing? How was your week? Hope you had a great one. Uh, I've been having a pretty good one. I uh, actually just got back from... I'm going to, yeah, call. I'm going to, this is going to be this week's hot pick. We'll break it down later down the road. But yeah, uh, had a good week. I, uh, I slowed down a little bit on, I didn't get to read that much books this week, but more just because it's been a reviewed comic book. Cause I don't got no, I don't got no more. I don't got no reviewed comics to review right now, but, um, uh, that by the horns, the Scout Comics series has just got the green light. It's just going now going to become a ongoing series. So hey, congrats to the team and all that fun jazz. So if you like another like we've talked about uh, a fantasy story and uh, with a mythical world and also like a little bit of D and D feeling of monsters, like uh, there's a floating eyeball named Evelyn, which I like. Uh, yeah, there. go check it out at scoutcomics.com. And also, you know, go to your local comic shop and p- pick them up. And then, but yeah, um, honestly, that's basically it about me. Oh, I lied. I did play a game. I played Sackboy's Big Adventure. And at this moment in time, <laughs> it's just okay. It's not that great. It's not that bad. It's just okay. And I think my problem is, is just for some reason, I wish Sackboy ran a little bit faster. I think he, there's a, there's a space to his run that, or not even run his jog that is good for platformers, but for grownups that are playing this game, it, he needs, I need a boot. I need to run. I need a sprint. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not here, you know, uh, he does a roll. That makes me speed up, but obviously you don't have as much full control as what I'm looking for. Uh, but all in all, the aesthetic, I like the board. It makes you have, like, little, the Sack Boys Big Adventure gives Sack, Little Big Planet, and, like, Tearaway feelings so that I feel like it's actually from the same shared universe. Maybe not the, of course, not like a full-blown connected but obviously it just has like a weird aesthetic that feels like man that feels like tearaway but also it's 3d so it's obviously it's a little big planet world style but it it's okay at best uh i don't think it's fair to just go oh it's a good launch game because i think we're in a day and age that launch games can uh be okay and then uh how would i word it uh Okay, I'll give him that. I was listening to Chalfie's uh, podcast that just came out yesterday. And uh, long story short, he he connected it to how Knack was. It's a launch game. And at the end of the day, it was kind of just murky and just uh, jump, 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 end. I understand what he said. But maybe it's because I like Knack a little bit more than this. But I do see that. Little Big Planet has improvements in mobility compared to Knack, but also at the same time, um, I would say I think Knack 2 is better than Little Big Planet's uh, Sackboy's Adventure. So if you take that with a grain of salt of like the idea of like, if you have a feeling for Knack 2, which I think is obviously uh, like idea of improvement compared to Knack, but also it's just an okay platformer. If you understand what I'm trying to say, if you if the Cousin Cecil show thinks Snack Two is better than Sackboy's Big Adventure, you know what I mean. So take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but yeah, uh, honestly, um, how would I word it? Maybe switch it up because I just came from the, the theater. Uh, this week's hot pick is the green knight from uh i forgot the 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 mr uh, it's patel his last name but he plays uh sir uh grenard and it's basically uh i'm trying not to spoil it but i want to interpret i want to break it down in a non-spoilery way because i'm trying to explain it's uh 
I like it. I want to at least get that off my chest. I like green, the Green Knight. But I do, I can understand where uh, the Rotten Tomato gave it like a 90. But audience reviews are giving like, it's like in the 50, like mid 50s. But I'm trying to more explain it is I like it. I think I like those big brain movies. It's a very, it's A24 production or studios that are funding it. So I think that means they are the uh, public, not, uh, producers. So it's very artsy. And uh, I think the director did a very good job for this idea of, let's even go take another step back. The Green Knight is interpreted of a old, you know, poem, English poem of Sir Grenard and the Green Knight is the title. Apparently, there's only been one, there's one version of this book, like, like the poem is on one book that has made it through this whole life, uh, survived a fire, apparently, and nobody knows who's the writer. Because it's obviously like 1400s and all that shit. Uh, long story short, because these, these the things I'm going to say are not spoilers. It involves uh, Sir Grenard uh, basically fighting the Green Knight on on a in a game. The Green Knight appears on uh, at King Arthur's court because King Arthur also in this this story was stated that King Arthur is like sisters with Morgan the Fay. Morgan the Fay is Sir Grenard's, so that Patel guy's mother. So and but there's a whole there's a it's really cool and it's one of those it's a hero's journey movie that also is not straight uh connected dots of like typical hero's journeys. It has a really, I think, I think it has its own character and presentation that that's why I'm giving it like the hot pick of the week. I know that we're on the, the eve of Suicide Squad, who's been getting, uh, is the highest rated DC film ever. Like it's in the 90s, like 95 and above rating of Rotten Tomato. So that's saying a lot. But back to Green Lantern, uh, Hor- <laughs> almost like Green Lantern, Green Knight. Uh, I suggest everybody should see it, but also uh, hear how I'm going to explain it. If you don't go to the theaters and see it, I understand. Uh, but I would, I would definitely check it out. If you can, if the first time you can go rent it, go rent it. And it's a very, and just remember you're going into a old quote unquote poem that's doing a hero's journey and it does have a very open-ended, an open-ended ending that uh, at the same time it's not open-ended. It's a, but it's very. Uh, you just have to come in with a big brain. Don't don't go in thinking you can turn off your brain. This is a very a big thinker's movie. But I enjoyed it. I just want to more give it like you know credit where credits due, and obviously we'll touch base on it at the end. But yeah, uh, let's get into it. Uh, this week's news, uh, we're going to start off with is actually a comic book news, besides that by the horn shit. Um, Scott Snyder has worked out a deal with Amazon for eight new Comicsology Digital First series for the platform. They start rolling out in October, and Dark Horse has the rights to, uh, through Comicsology to be the ones that they're going to make all eight of these uh, books come out in print through dark horse uh you know productions so uh we're just going to break it down and just do i'm not going to go like through there's a you can go to scott snyder's uh publication that he's made called uh i think it's called bestjacket.com and jackets like with two t's at the end that's his production like you'll be like oh um DC didn't make his thing. It's best jacket made it plus Amazon. Uh, but I digress. But the thing is that this is big news because a it's eight new series through Scott Snyder, but also it opens up so that he got some of his people that he like beloved, 
like artists that he's worked with that done great series to come on and do another series with him. And which I, I mean that because here we'll go down. The first book is called we have demons and it's reuniting Scott with Greg uh, Capullo from their uh, excellent run of the new 52 Batman. And of course, metal and death metal for DC. And here's the quick little, I picked up quick little synopsis because I didn't want to go through a whole like breaking down the idea. But here's the thing. The conflict between good and evil is about to come to a head when a teenage hero embarks on a journey that unveils secret societies, monsters, and mayhem. So we have Demons is the first one. And the next book is called Night of the Ghoul. With Scott obviously writing, but with artists by Francisco Francavilla. And then here's like a quick synopsis of what it is. Shot in 1936, Night of the Ghoul by director T.F. Merritt was meant to sit beside Frankenstein and Dracula as an instant classic, but the legendary film never made it to the silver screen. A mysterious studio fire destroyed the footage and killed the cast and crew at the rap party. No footage was ever recovered until now. All right. That sounds pretty cool. Um, as you As we go through this, You'll definitely hear that, oh, Scott Snyder likes to do horror. And that's obviously proof in the pudding of what we're going to, you know, of all these books. Besides this one. Uh, the next one was Dudley Datsun in The Forever Machine. Uh, with him, with art by Jamal Engel and Juan Castro. And basically, follow Dudley and his talking dog, uh, Daedalus, as they travel through time and struggle to keep the Forever Machine forever machine out of the nefarious clutches of the needle's eye uh next up is duck and cover with art by Raphael albuquerque from the team that brought you vertigo's vertigo's american vampire see what i mean it's someone he's worked with comes a manga influenced teen adventure across a post-apocalyptic 1955 america when a sudden nuclear exchange obliterates the u.s only the children who hid under their school desk are spared. <laughs> oh, I just um, think that's funny just because of like, that's a, a decent joke from like before when you think about like all those bomb threats or something you grew up with. Wait, going to your, like, you, know, you can't be safe, but it's funny that it works in this book. Next up is the store, a uh, book called clear with uh, art by Francis Manipole. In the near future, people are able to connect to the internet neurologically and meditate the real world through uh, lenses of our eyes. But unbeknownst to all, the real world is meditated too. Scott Snyder's first noir thriller and Francis Manipool's first ever creator-owned book is a dazzling sci-fi thrill ride. Okay. Uh, next up is Canary, with art by Dan uh, Panosin. In 1891, a mind collapsed into itself. What a, What is the dark substa uh, substance found in 666 feet underground? Scott Snyder is joined by illustrator uh, Dan Panosian for a unique blend of modern horror, historical fact, and western lore to deliver a terrifying story cool book of evil with uh, art by jock scott snyder and jock the creative team of the new york times best-selling blockbuster the batman who laughs reunite for a young adult horror graphic novel the book of evil it tells the story of four young friends growing up in a strange near future where 90 percent of the population are born as a psychopath and more also you know uh jock's also has some been having some shine this week because uh, they just announced that he has a black label Batman series that he's writing. So, you know, there's some big names that will be working together with Scott Snyder. Next is uh, Barnstormers. Art by Tula Latoy. Latay. Excuse me. Latoy. Yeah. Whatever. In 1923, a brainstorming era where pilots fresh from the 
uh, airfields of the Great War made a living taking civilians for joyrides in the sky for a small fee. One such man claims to be Preston Pike, a dashing war hero pilot who has flown his way across the U.S. Southeast scourging for customers while fleeing from his own demons. When a telephone operator says that a big crowd will be awaiting him in nearby Barnville, Preston races over. Instead of eager clientele, though, he finds himself crashing a wedding. And the party isn't exactly thrilled. But when Claire, the would-be bride, decides to make an early getaway, Preston uh, unexpectedly becomes a Clyde to this vengeful Bonnie. So yeah, these come out uh, digitally first starting in October. And that one at the end was uh, kind of like a, uh, I heard them say it's like a like a romance book. The idea of probably obviously being, probably falling in love with the runaway bride. So, but yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, that's basically for the comic book rise for news wise. And then um, one, we'll go in the video games. And one story I forgot to say last week that was announced last week was uh, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to uh, Genshin Impact. And you can pick her up for free, I believe, for le if you're level 20 in the game and uh yeah she'll be obviously one of the archer classes and all that jazz and what's cool because of uh preluding to this week you know this might be the only game you'll see aloy that's new this year huh that'd be cool but yeah i'm not 100 sure when it starts i think maybe it might have started already like you can pick up aloy now but but yeah i just forgot to mention it if anybody was like oh yeah because I like the idea, I just forgot to mention it, and I need to get back into uh, Genshin, but I'm also was waiting for the, no, they have it out, I gotta get back into it, I was waiting for the PS5 um, version of it, but yeah, uh, but yeah, this week, PAX is requiring vaccination cards and R and or negative COVID tests to be presented before coming to the show this fall. So, uh, honestly, my my personal opinion is, and I think it's good, of course, uh, is their show to run. They want to do it proper and be safe. That's the only way to do it. Either you have your vaccinations and show your cards, or uh, at least have a COVID test if you want to play that side of it. Of showing, hey, I don't have COVID. Let me in, and then I feel. I'm assuming they're gonna probably push still a pie a mask mandate by that time in the fall. We'll see. But yeah, just more of the small notes news. Well, you know, big news for some, small news for others, but it's small news for me. Just more want to say it out there because of I think it's important so people understand. Like, try and get serious on this shit. Uh, next, uh, this week, PlayStation 5 uh, has sold 10 million uh, systems. And this, uh, this news was rumored last week, but this week PlayStation themselves actually said it. So it was not just like uh, another company or somebody else that does these math equations that know. Said it, no, PlayStation came out and said, yeah, we've sold 10 million PS5s, and this has now become the fastest console ever to hit that. It only took 246 days. And for a thought on that, the PS4 was the, the predecessor to this, that had this feat of hitting 10 million, and it took them uh, basically 20 more days. So in like 20 days, like so in like two more weeks, we were actually would have hit the PS4's time frame of launch to 10 million. So, of course, just more saying congrats to PlayStation, even though they don't fucking listen. And then um, there are, there's a question in my head because of old ways of thinking. 10 million systems sold usually was the, the starting line or no, the ending line of saying 
That is the system that wins the generation. The first one to hit 10 million wins generations. And honestly, my personal opinion in this day and age, I I think there's a yes and no to this fact. Or not fact, this um this observation. I think uh is definitely proof for previous years, but I think with this more new how would I say it? I'm guessing more trying to give Xbox credit in the sense of uh, having Game Pass or like the idea of a because um, that's what it is I think I guess in my head but also at the same time I think that's where it goes in both ways I'm sorry I'm being all I'm, I'm figuring out in my head while I'm talking to you on this fucking microphone I would say that means then PlayStation has won the generation kind of I feel that number could move up into a different spectrum, like maybe, like inflation. Like 10 million was, 10 million uh, systems sold was a PS4, PS3 number. Could uh, could 20 million be now the new number to hit first? Because I believe all all their system, every system has hit 20 million. So stick to me how I'm explaining this. Because I'm trying to give Xbox or anybody a benefit of the doubt of like, okay, you sold 10 million, but there's more activity and actually better for the gaming community on other systems idea. But at this moment in time, sorry, I'm doing like a convoluted way of ending it too. But just at this moment in time, you know, PlayStation is uh, 10 million, but I think that number should go higher for the idea that before you can even any system could declare they won, maybe even just go to 15 million, maybe 25. I think 20 million would be a good number because of times have changed. There's more gamers out there in my, in my, in my thoughts. Uh, I just feel, I think uh, with COVID and this new world we live in, in, in this idea, I feel that there's still, a good arms race going on for both these systems. Could be wrong. I mean, you know, proofs in the pudding for me because obviously I bought a PS5 and an Xbox Series X. But go on. I think there's a discussion for that. And if I had somebody else here, I think it would be better. More than me just talking to a, a bottle of Jones, uh, energizing Elixir Final Fantasy 15 uh, Jones soda. Uh, next, actually, another PlayStation news. Um, they have started saying there are now you can go get SSDs for your PS5 to have ex- extend extended memory, and it's awesome. And then, uh, however, they also said right now if you're in the PS5's beta line of you know people that do like beta for system updates you can put ssds in your ps5 and uh get extended memory so right now it's not quote unquote for the whole public which is probably the best safe this is least but the idea if the beta runners so i think they're by the by either middle of september because that's when they usually do like their fall update so whenever that fall update, which probably be in middle of September, so we're about a month and a half away from probably the whole PS5 um, consumers can put an SSD in it. And then um, stick to me what I'm going to say, because I wrote this down when Seagate was like the first one out to say, hey, we have the first PS5 compatible SSD uh, this one, they this one I use in particular is called the Fire Cuda, the 530. And then here's the price ranges for the the Fire Cuda. 500 gigabytes is 140 bucks. One terabytes 240. Two terabytes 490. And four terabytes of of SSD memory to add to your PS5 is 950 dollars. Uh but the internet has basically came out and said, 
basically any Gen 4 SSD that seems to fit the specs of the for the PS5 as long as the minimum speed that that SSD does is 5,000 megabytes per second, which you'll probably see on the boxes and also when you're reading descriptions when you're going on Newegg or Amazon to buy these. And then uh, also have heat sink as well. A thing that involves just heat sink is, I don't, I'm not a computer guy. I'm assuming that involves just how you transfer the heat away from the SSD so there's no melting or harm. Normal SSD things, not like it's a new word for the PS5 only. Heat sink's been around for that. And then also for a perspective, because of just that, just using the Fire Cuda. A one terabyte, like I said, was 240. Apparently, the proprietary, proprietary Xbox memory card that they've had since launch is 220. For 20 more dollars, you technically have one uh, SSD that's two times faster than that one. And then also to more into the limelight of the from today's recording, like. Like Mark Cerny has also said, I'm going to use the the uh, WD's Black series. So there's so many different ones. Like you can probably find a one terabyte uh, SSD right now. And when I say only, but the idea of pricing and for this technology, you can probably find one for maybe like 180 bucks. It sounds like maybe 190. So if you're in the market. I, but my personal opinion is, even if you're part of this beta group, I would honestly just wait to Black Friday. Black Friday and check, watch Newegg. Newegg has them secret, not secret because I'm trying to say it, uh, but they have those like under the radar like, hey, we got an SSD sale going on right now. And then boom, I'd hit it on Black Friday. You'll probably get one for maybe uh, 160, one, you know, 150. So I'm trying to save you some bucks and also save you some uh, getting upset if you get A, the wrong one, B, just something shitty happens because it's in the beta mode. But yeah, just more, uh, but yeah. And also I guess more touch base, which goes into what I was trying to say about winning generations. Another news thing that came out was uh, all things are looking good, Microsoft's uh, side too. This, the series is the best-selling console ever for Microsoft. So I think, like I'm trying to explain, is I think the 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 the, the bottom line, if ten million, if you know, ten million soul was before, I do think the the line is higher now. I think you need to spend at least do fifteen to twenty million to say I won this generation. So that's what I'm trying to get digress on. The only difference is Microsoft has not stated how much, how many uh, consoles they've sold. There's no real number yet. So that part in particular is eh, iffy, but congrats to congrats to everybody. You're you're playing games. Awesome. That's why you're here. That's why hopefully you're listening because we're, we're gamers. We're having a good time. And then another quick news, because this is a big fucking Cousin Cecil show. Jam-packed, thick, two C's. Uh, we uh, There is a new game studio that's just been announced, and it's from X-Sony, X-Infinity Ward uh, alumni, and uh, they're also being backed by the company Smilegate, but the studio is called That's No Moon. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Uh, the Smilegate is basically a Korean publisher. I'm trying to figure out what they have done. But Smilegate is, uh, hold on while this thing motherfucker loads. Uh, but. Oh. Okay, so basically they haven't done, they, they're just really a, a just, they got some money in their pocket. And uh, 
these people know how to look for the right people. Because it looks like Smilegate has not done anything besides like MMOs for Korea. But the studio that we're trying to get to is that's that's No Moon Entertainment will be led by former head of PlayStation Visual Arts Group Michael uh, Michael Mumbar or Mumbar Mumbar that's what it is Mumbar the former Sony Santa Monica director of product development Tina uh, Nowazinski joining Chief Strategy Officer uh, Nick Canolius a former EA development director, joining as chief operating officer. Uh, no Moon no moon, no moon. leadership also includes alumni from Bungie, other developers from across Sony Studios. Um, so, like, people under the belt of this new company, like, they've worked on Call of Duty, they've worked on Last of Us, they've worked on the God of War series. And their first main goal, I believe, is... Uh, they're going to do a, th- um, where is it? Where is it just saying it? I think they're working on a third person, very narrative story game coming. And then uh, they might, that's where it is. You might raise your eyebrow a little if you're familiar with Smilegate. The Korean pumps are dropping. Uh, Smilegate has dropped $100 million onto the new studio to help. They're, that, Smilegate's background is the free-to-play multiplayer, including Crossfire franchise, which I think Crossfire X is coming to Xbox, just to keep that thing going on. But also, I guess Smilegate has worked with Control, Remedy, like, you know, the makers of Remedy. Well, yeah, because Remedy is making Crossfire's single-player, so that explains a lot. But yeah, just more just saying that there's a new studio out there with alumni that's been in a lot of our hearts, like Last of Us, God of War, some Call of Duties, you know, and they're working on a, a third-person game that's more story-driven. That's cool to hear. And then um, next was Blue Box Games has officially actually brought out that trailer app for the PS5. Nothing new on it yet, to my knowledge, but they are still... They're playing with fire. Their picture that says it's available now had a pixelated guy behind it with an eye patch. And people are like, why are they doing this more about uh, like a Metal Gear or quote unquote like Kojima connection? And I just think they're either, I think they're playing with fire. I think they're going to get burnt. Or they just think they're really funny trolls, which I don't think the gaming community has right now think they're funny anymore. So, uh, still more to come. It's on my it's on my it's on my PS5. Just it says check back soon. You, you have, it has, nothing has been coming off it, but the app is on my PS5 now. So I'm waiting for it like everybody else. Uh oh boy. Oh yeah, let's go into that shit show. Uh, we're going to touch back on last week's Blizzard news just because more has come up and it just more goes into like, if you didn't think they were guilty before, here's more news to show that they're fucking guilty and bad. Uh, more weird frat boy info come out like having a hotel room called the Cosby Room for a party uh, and a group text showing the culprit who's Basically, one of the bigger fish on this whole situation. Alex uh, Afrasabi doing, he used to hit on girls and ask them to get married to him. And, like, in this group chat, goes, they're like, um, long story short, he, 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 he poked fun at his own uh, culture because he's. Uh, Arabic or you know Muslim or whatever that he's allowed to have multiple wives he even said it he goes I'm allowed to <laughs> and like that dumb shit in a group chat and I just think it's really crazy to have this and then like um, this week even Bobby Kodak had to do damage control and like try to be all kiss facey with his community but it didn't stop that I think Wednesday they actually had a strike Activision Blizzard people did so I'm 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 happy 
that they had a strike because I think this should be said because I think it's also funny what I'm going to say next is team members from Ubisoft had an open letter to showing support to Blizzard and also asked these changes need to happen across the industry, not just Blizzard and Activision. Because there's obviously been multiple, not multiple, there's been a lot of under-the-radar, not-so-talked-about situations. And I thought it was kind of funny because Ubisoft just had a recent issue with the Assassin's Creed director for maybe not as, uh, to my knowledge, not as uh, dirty as this motherfucker from Blizzard. But I'm pretty confident the guy from Ubisoft uh, was just fucking a co-worker behind his family's back. So, um, you know, that's still bad, but you know what I'm saying? There's there's some guidelines in the idea of, like, I think there was, like, um, to my knowledge, I think Ubisoft guy at least had, like, a consent. Yeah, I was fucking him. We knew that we were cheating, but blah, blah, blah. I digress. Just more saying out there, like, I just more wanted to say it because, again, like I said last week, I want it presented because I think the news, or not news, this needs to keep being addressed so it keeps hammering it in so we see change. But yeah. Netflix is doing a more double down on game culture with a Dragon Age show coming and a live action Pokemon show. And uh, I don't know the whole, any if there's any real, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, real actual info on that Pokemon show, but I'm interested to see what they do because uh, if they take any notes, I think they should just do how I think they should do like Detective Pikachu. Maybe uh, cut that baby down to let's say like um, let's do like a hundred, yeah, because there's so many Pokemon. Do you just do like the 150 Pokemon? You don't even have to be Kanto Pokemon. I'm just saying, like, pick a generation and stick to that generation. I think that will help uh, viewers. Not saying everybody's, but, you know, new viewers and all that shit. And then, but I think it seems pretty interesting. Of course, they have Resident Evil coming out. Of course, they have the Witcher show coming out. So I'm not saying they double down, but obviously they're, they know where people... We just ha- I just had the, this thought in my head all day today. Um, we are definitely going into a, a new generation that uh, of movies that it's not about like it's not about Tom Cruise. It's not about Angelina Jolie being in a movie or Will Smith being in a movie. It's about the what is the franchise bring. So like the idea of you know um, a a Tom Cruise movie can do $80 million just because of Tom Cruise. But you have, you have Pokemon that can do a hundred million without a, with a, with a bad movie. You can, you have a Iron Man or Avengers who are making billion dollar franchises just because of, uh, there's a community and a culture behind it of like, you know, nerd culture We're we're big. So I'm just more saying, like, I think it's smart. Keeps me interested. Makes me think about keeping that Netflix subscription so something's working. But all right. Here's the more thing I'm more happy that this happened this week. Because I ain't going to lie, this show is going to be a little different. I actually had something set up, but then I see that all this news and showcase came through. So I'm, like, I'm gonna keep that baby on for a after, for a just a ace up my sleeve for another slow news week, but uh, but yeah, Annapurna had a showcase, their first showcase to celebrate six years of their six year anniversary of gaming. Uh, they started off with a silver wheel for all their games from like day one to now. And obviously, I th- uh, they did a really great job. This whole showcase uh, was very clean. Uh, it it had an indie feeling that was felt like Day of the Devs, and I love the Day of the Devs uh, showcase. 
but the Annapurna one had a little um, polish and a little bit more je ne sais quoi to it that I liked because of uh, it was obviously pre-recorded, which Day of the Dead is too, but but we'll just get into it. Like I like the the whole showcase traveled this on a map to studios, and then it started off uh, at in Melbourne, Australia, for the new game, The Artful Escape. And it, it seems like a narrative side scroller, surrounded by surrounded with great indie rock feels, and even Carl Weathers as a voice actor. And uh, it's going to be coming to uh, September 9th to Xbox and uh, Game Pass. I'm pretty confident because I remember doing it for halfway through. Through I think this is a uh, Xbox exclusive for like you know limited time. But um, but yeah, it's coming to Game Pass day one, so you know it's a win for them, and it looks it looks cool. I like that aesthetic. It looks like a it looks like Broken Age. Double fine, like you know that double fine, like side, like two D art, but with like it had like a like Life is Strange, uh, indie rock feel to it, and I liked it. I really digged it. But next was a, uh, we went to L.A. and had an update on for Neon White. I didn't know this. Uh, neon White is created by uh. The creators of Donut County, and I didn't know that. I thought I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is their second, their next game, because I remember we've talked about on here on a, a Nintendo Direct. That's where they first announced this. But this game looks so good, and this was a deeper dive into it. It showed us for like the cart, how the card system works. Uh, for fighting and also like you can discard them and they get like a parkour action moment for with the the choices like you know the red card is like a shotgun blast or uh i think it was a like a, a double jump we'll say we'll make something up because obviously you'll figure it out when you play the game uh how the card doesn't work there'll be time trials collectibles and then apparently there's even persona style relationships with other angels and there uh this where it goes into the annapurna feeling because he goes this is games for freaks only and uh it's only coming to switch and pc at the moment and I, i i'm actually this is my game of the show because again like it did on Nintendo Direct, it kind of sold me on date on like that. Oh my god, this looks so much fun for a like a. It's like a, a th- one of those 3D dungeon crawlers, but with like with like parkour. So it looked it looks good. It looks really good. And then uh, next was more. Showing they have a partnership with the makers of Falcon Age, Outer Loop Studios, for their next game. Has an um, has a immigrant culture and maybe skateboarding towards it. Because that's the thing in which uh, I'm giggling about it. But uh, I'm actually... Annapurna made me excited for studios that have no business for me to be excited for over... Just them talking about like you know their, like how the studio is run or atmosphere of the studio, because like um, it felt fun. It didn't stick around too long. Got to the point. It was like ten times better than this E3's hot coach or cock media or whatever fuck you want to call it. That that shit show of a presentation they did nice and short and sweet. But back yeah. Well, they kind of described it. They didn't say a title, but the guy, one of the creators, like, oh, I love, in all my games, I always put something this or that, and then, like, they're working something with skateboarding and being, like, you know, immigrant from the, to the States in the story. It looks cool, uh, but, yeah, it's very, we'll see when it comes out. It's, there's no date or date. Just 
Just knowing that Annapurna is working with Outerloop. That's all you learned. Next, coming out of uh, Taichung City, the new game called A Memoir Blue by Cloisters. Cloisters. Looks good. If you like like that gris, Grease, excuse me, side-scrolling narrative game, soon everything... Are, the game's coming to go to everything. No real date, but it's coming to everything and also Game Pass. Uh, I saw today that uh, it's apparently about the memories from a uh, like a, a swimmer. Hence why, like in the trailer, like the lady's on a bus and it goes underwater and all that stuff. So, but it has a definitely like that uh, grease, like longing, like side scrolling, like aesthetic. But it looks good. But also, I like. I like all those uh, indie games, so you know I'm probably the clientele. They're like, "Yeah, you you want this, don't you?" Yes, I do. Next to Toronto, revealing a new partnership with Jessica Mack. And then the good question is, who is who the fuck is she? Because when they when they first started the the show, the you know the little promo for her, she was, "Hey, I'm Jessica." Blah blah blah. Yeah, my first game was. This solo game I did it by myself is like some like you know top down you know like a space shooter. Well, yeah, but on my second one I did a little collaboration, and she's the creator of fucking the beloved PlayStation indie game Sound Shapes, the one from the PS3, PS Vita, and also came to PS4 first you know during the launch uh, window. Uh, she seems to be appearing. She seems to appear she's making another musical game with adventure game traits. Because uh, she's talking about, like, you know, sometimes when you need a guitar solo, she'll just kind of like just start breaking it. Like, she's there doing the music and all that stuff on her. That's how she gets the feelings of what to create in the game. Because, like, some of the shots uh, was, uh, I definitely got Sayonara Wild Hearts in the vibes, and the thing it's funny because Annapurna published that too. But it definitely has a different feel. It does have like that first, like one made by one person feel. Again, I'm making these assumptions from them showing me a computer screen while somebody's talking. Not saying these are even final things. But yeah. Uh, next was a new game reveal called Storyteller. An idea by Daniel been uh, Mugi coming out of uh, Buenos Aires seems fun. You are handed a setting in a picture book. The scene asks you to make a story of like the 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 thing that they showed example of is like, all right, will you make us a story of tragedy? And we're going to give you three panels and make a story of tragedy in three panels. So the trailer goes, all right, here's a prince and a princess. Um, the princess, um, you know, they show they fall in love, and then the third one it shows the prince dies, and so the princess is sad. And it check, and it goes, "Tink, perfect, you did a tragedy story." Okay, cool. And then, uh, but then he goes, then it expands. All right, how about you make a tragedy story with five panels? So it did this, ba 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 ba, tragedy, yay. And it shows that it goes all the way, it breaks down all the way to like, all right, can you give me a story in six panels how to cure vampirism? Okay, that comes out of the little field. So it has a very neat looking aesthetic. Uh, but yeah, I think it looks really fun. And like, it seems like uh, definitely like uh, turn it on, play a couple panels and just leave. Like a uh, like in particular, this is coming to the Switch. And PC, and there's a demo out now on the PC, but it definitely feels like that Switch game. Like, oh, I'm just gonna, or it feels like that, like 3DS, where like you're just gonna flop it on, like to play Brain Age for a couple rounds, and then just, all right, I'm done. It does have that feel, but I like that feel. It looks kind of cool. Uh, next, we went back to LA. Was another uh, calming trailer for Solar Ash. Which then also revealed it's coming October 26th to the, all the PlayStations and Epic Game Store. 
So we now have a final date for that because uh, I think even through the state of state of plays, they didn't really technically give us a date for that. But October 26th. Next was Vancouver for a new partnership with Studio Ivy Road, which was founded by Davey uh, Reedon. He made apparently the Stanley Parable in the Beginner's Guide. I don't know those games, but I do know these next ones from her, uh, his uh, co-partner, Carla uh, Zamone. She is a co-creator for Gone Home and Tacoma. And long story short, they this this is a, such a brand new unannounced game. They can't say much besides we're partnering with Annapurna. And we have uh, the musician of Minecraft on our team working on music for the game. Slash, he's making the music right now for our little video we're doing. They show him and he wait, you know, all that shit. It's fun, quirky, and it was very, you know, just the more, like I said, it's how the studios were just kind of like, hey, we're working on something. We can't talk about it. But they did it so well, I, I, I really enjoy what they did. That's what I'm more trying to explain. Uh, then uh, back to L.A., we went to see Blundo Games' update for their game, uh, Skin Deep. It seems fun, like a trial and error of Portal meets Hitman, and jokes of Journey to the Savage Planet. They only, only said PC, but, you know, maybe someday it'll come to consoles. It It's definitely uh, uh, quirky. It has, like I said... It's the idea that you're in space on a spaceship and it goes like, oh no, pirates are invading. And like on the the one round, you have no ammo, but you can throw your gun and you threw your gun at the button that makes like the air lock open and made all the enemies go away. And like, oh, pass. That idea. So it was like trial and error and also learning stuff. One time you could have a buff that says, oh, you stink. So they can smell you. And they, you know, and all that shit. You have to get clean and all that shit. It looks fun. It just, again, it goes into like that. I don't know more besides explain like that. It just looks like an Annapurna quirky game that looks fun. Then we had a platform update trailer. Pathless is coming to PC November 16th. What Remains of Edith Finch is coming to the App Store August 16th. I Am Dead coming to PlayStation Xbox August 9th, which has been on Switch, and that looks interesting too. It looks like a little fun little quirky game to play a puzzle game. And then Telling Lies and uh, Gogoa are coming to Game Pass soon. So they're going to be free for Game Pass users. And then uh, Gogoa seems like a very fun, indie, chill, like, uh, <laughs> rainy day or you feel sick day to play. Uh, and then off to Multiplier for a Stray update. And it's been basically out. It's going to come out early 2022. It looks awesome. It's a third-person adventure puzzle game, and you play as a cat. And at like you don't fight, you just do puzzles. And the, there is a combat aesthetic at the in the middle. It showed like because there's these little creators that are trying to catch you as a cat. They kind of look like uh, the flood from Halo, but you'll get a light. Like it looks like you shoot UV rays and it makes them burst. So you know what I mean. There's a little bit of a combat at the end of it, but it looks great. Like it has a very. It sounds dumb how I'm gonna say it, but it has very good cat-like, like quirks of like the you know the cat. You know he does like the little sit there and like do a little tap to you know hit a button and he doesn't technically do it like how you should. You just like a cat goes like it was. It looked very cool. Again, out early 2022. And then we went to Glass Glow. And we see no Code Studios update. Because they're apparently... Uh, they have a partnership with Annapurna for the next game. They're the makers of Story Untold and Observation. Which we've said on the show before. Observation is a really neat game. And... Um, they were kind of... It was like one of those, again... One of those sizzle... Like, talk about the team shit... But they said, yeah, we were making the past two games. We weren't technically trying to go into the horror franchises with our last two games. But just so that the people know, uh, if you thought those were freaky now, 
our next game, we actually are trying to become a horror, sh- mo- uh, a horror game. So, you know, we'll see how we do with us actually looking to be horror. I'm like, ooh, that sounds good because I loved Observation. I thought it was a really good game. Uh, then there was a a game update from Mobius Studios, the makers of The Outer Wilds. And long story short, they said they have an expansion coming out for The Outer Wilds. Echoes of the Eye is coming out, out September 28th. And basically that was it for the Annapurna thing. And like I said, I think it was really good. I think it was a, a great presentation. It was only, I think the show was 45 minutes. And it got a lot of hype for it. I thought it was great. I think they did well done. Great job, Annapurna. And then basically, like I said at the top, uh, it has not been technically confirmed from PlayStation just of yet. But all the reports and grub fuckers are saying that uh, Horizon Forbidden Rest has been officially, they've said it, PlayStation has not, that has been uh, delayed until early 2022. So, but also the only perk is also all the other people are saying, which I'm afraid so too, is it going to be overshadowed for Game of the Year because they're now in the same year as Breath of the Wild 2. One one group is holding on to the joke. And the other group is not actually pretty confident that uh, Zelda's even come out 2022. They think that's going to get pushed back too. So time will tell. Uh, but yeah, that was basically it for, for that. But yeah, uh, that was a pretty busy week. Oof. Uh, yeah, like we do this week's hot picks movies. Like I said, the green Knight. um, definitely, like I said, it's a, definitely a great rental or if you want to get back out there, I didn't mind in theaters, but also there are some dark spots or maybe it's my theater. So I'm not going to say that there were some dark spots. I'm like, even in the dark, like, I'm like, that's real fucking black. I can't even see anything, but then there's other, but it, it was really good. I liked it because also like uh, it's a Odyssey movie. Like I said, it's like I think it also has a neat uh, storyline because it's just about being a good a good knight slash you know it could be understanding the idea of are you a good man. So it goes into those things that I battle with. And then uh, for music, music is a theme for the people. By Logic. And then for comics. Uh, for comics is two DC. Well, two Joker ones. Joker the Puzzle Box, issue one. And then um, I think there's a Suicide Squad Get Joker, the black label one. So I think it's going to be a little bit more dark and gritty. Looks good. And for independent, there's a Me You Love in the Dark, issue one. And uh, this week also, if you missed out on Stray Dogs, Every single issue is get a, a, dish, a di- additional it print. So like issue one is back out and let's say it's the fifth print. And then that means the fourth, second print will be on the fourth. You know, it's Stray Dog's whole new series, like the whole first arc has been uh, coming to uh, reprinting this week. So there's a good chance that maybe you can sneak out and get a new, another issue since it was coming out like hotcakes, a lot of different old school horror posters would be cool. And then for Marvel, just real quick, just because of timing, uh, the new Ghost Rider, it's called Spirit Rider. It comes out this week. So, you know, it's a good way to look into it. But yeah, uh, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you could, please tell a friend about the show. It'll be really cool for the show and help out. And then uh, follow me at MikeFowler93. And yeah, until next time, you guys be good to each other and uh, peace.